1: This is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder here, and you're listening to the Ever Black, Ever Podcast. Black Podcast. Hey, human scarlet fist is odorous from war. We're going through the Alec Fear Factory. This is George Kortraner Fisher. This is Jasmine Double Drop. This is Wade from Our Last enemy. Magnificent might be missing from He is at Wednesday 13th. This is Rex from Pearl Temple Hill. This is Gary B. from Sepulchore. You're listening to Ever Black Podcast before we go into this episode of the ever black podcast we just need to give a shout out to our show supporters the occult clothing brand electric witch love amazing apparel from shirts to hoodies to hats to beanies dresses and more check out their full range at electricwitch.com.au and put in the code everblack for 20% off your order also don't forget to subscribe rate and review the ever black podcast on spotify and itunes podcast streams and see all our video interviews on the ever black YouTube channel. You can Also read all our articles and reviews at everblack.com.au. All right, on with the show. Of course, Stephen Wilson, thank you for joining us on the show, mate. Uh, your new album, The Future Bites. Mate, I genuinely really, really love this album, dude. Like, thank you. I I've I I I can't stop listening to it. And it's just it's just really resonated with me. And it's it's so different, but it's got all those familiar threads throughout your career. I think it's I honestly think it's the best thing you've done yet. I love it so much.
0: I'm very happy to hear you say that. I kind of feel that too, but then I always feel that with every record I make. But there's some <laughs> I, but I agree, I think there's something special about this record. Yes. I, and I, th- I I I try to rationalize what it is for me. It's obviously the fact that it is superficially it is a really quite a significant reinvention in sound. Yes. But at the same time, at the same time as you kind of hinted It also sounds completely like me. So it isn't, but it is. But it's also the fact I think I've always tried with all of my records to walk that kind of balancing line between something that's very sophisticated, very layered and you can really engage with as a sort of sonic journey. But at the same time, I love great pop melodies and I love accessibility and I love immediacy. and i've tried to walk that line with where, where this it's very easy to walk into the the you know walk through the door into this music yes. because the melodies are good but once you're in the room there's all this other stuff to explore and i feel like with this record more than any other i've made i've kind of achieved that yeah so it's very good Great. very nice to me here for me to hear you say that yeah
1: yeah uh, it's mate, it, it is and, and you mentioned like a pop, i wouldn't i wouldn't call it a pop record because i guess that's I mean, it's it, pop today seems like it's more of a dirty word in the mainstream sense. It's got more substance than that. It's got, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, I
0: think rock, pop is a dirty. Well, let's be specific here. Pop is a dirty word with fans of rock music. I don't. I don't think pop is a dirty word. I mean, pop is a is a glorious thing. Yes, uh, you know, to, to a Billy Eilish fan or a Lady Gaga fan or an Arcade 5 fan, pop is not a dirty word. But I think you're right. People who come from the tradition of, you know, classic rock music, as I do, and I'm suspecting you do too, pop has always been a a word that people are deeply suspicious of. Um, I haven't been, partly because I grew up in a house where I would hear ABBA as much as I heard Pink Floyd. I'm talking about what my parents listened to. Yeah, of course. Um, And I would hear the Bee Gees as much as I would hear Frank Sinatra and Mozart. So to me, pop was everything. Pop was popular music. And if you think about it, who is the most famous pop group of all time? The Beatles. Oh, pop. Of course. Yeah. It's not rock, is it? You wouldn't call the Beatles a rock band. At least I wouldn't. I'd say they're a pop group and in, in the best possible sense of the word. And almost everyone likes the Beatles. and And for many people, they are the definitive d- definitive band. And yet they are essentially a pop group, a group that focused on writing great, melodic three minute catchy pop songs. And so for me, but I think you're right, because you said, well, in the I think it's kind of changed now. People's idea of modern pop is is something that comes more from the tradition of urban music, electronic music. And I think for a lot of rock fans, obviously that is something that they don't like. So pop they associate pop now with that world. Um I still think there's some incredible music being made in, in that of it actually was stuff myself and my co-producer David were listening yeah. to or making the record you know things like Billie Eilish and some of Kanye West and Kendrick Lamar even if I didn't like all of it there was always something about it that kind of excited me and that it was very fresh
1: yeah, yeah it didn't
0: yeah. it didn't seem to be stuck the way that rock music is stuck now at least it seems to me rock music is stuck in this kind of world where it's kind of always following By Group Beetles and Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, we're kind of stuck in that world, the rock world. And then you listen to stuff like Billy Eilish, and they don't have any of that baggage. It's almost like they don't know what they don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, they didn't grow up in a world where the Beatles was everything, so they're kind of making music in this kind of way that, to me, sounds really fresh and really exciting, even if I don't necessarily like it. I I kind of admire the modern, the modern pop world, at least the more interesting end of it. Yeah.
1: And plus, I mean, you're a dad, you've got, you've got two, two girls. So you'd be Mm. surrounded with a lot of that stuff. Like my daughter, my youngest daughter, like Mm. she, I'll hear sounds coming from her, her room that she's playing. And I'm like, it's, some of it's not too bad, man. Like I, I, she's not listening. I guess she's not listening to all the auto tuning sort of stuff, but, Mm. There's right, some right. really like stuff that I've even gone, Oh, that's not too bad. Hey, I don't, <laughs> you know,
0: there's some incredible stuff. There's yeah. some incredible stuff. I mean, I could, I could name you four or five songs that probably classic rock fans would, w- wouldn't think that I would love that I think are, are amongst the best pieces of pop music I've ever heard. Uh, Billy Eilish, bury a friend. Yes. Uh, Azale- Azalea banks, two, one, two, Kanye West on site, black skinhead. I mean these you know daft punks get lucky I think these songs are so good and they are all songs that have come along in the 21st century and let's be honest there hasn't been anything from the rock tradition the world of rock music in the 21st century really mm. that has competed with those in terms of being great pieces of 3 minute pop or 3 minute rock yeah um and so that that you know that idea that rock music has failed to reinvent itself it doesn't surprise you then that it's kind of disappearing at least it is in Europe I don't know about Australia but rock music has really disappeared from from mainstream pop culture
1: it has and I think
0: yeah it's the same yeah and I think it only has itself to blame it hasn't reinvented itself in the way that urban music is kind of you know and that's why kids and also you know we have to acknowledge that the kids today are growing up in a world where the sound that they're constantly hearing in their everyday lives is electronic from their laptops, from their iPads, Mm. from their phones, even the doorbell ringer, you know, (laughs) it's all, it's all electronic sound. Their, their musical vocabulary is one of electronic sound. The guitar, the guitar and the drums and the bass are things that don't belong to their, their audio world and their audio experience. So it's not surprising that, that music, has evolved away from that and i think probably on balance that's a good thing i like that music continues to evolve even if i mourn of course i do i mourn the passing of rock music because it's it's so special to me and i grew up listening to it but i also am excited by the fact that music does continue to reinvent itself in that respect
1: i think you're you're really uh following that flow as well with with your career, and and that's why I think I really like that and respect this album so much, and the subject matter lyrically and its themes of everything that's going on in the world right now, it's very very relevant, and it's it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> like, you know, it was done to my understanding. The album was done in the can before the pandemic and everything really True. hit head. So, I mean, that's that's yeah,
0: it, it, it's it's one of the strange things about this record that it became by accident. It's become even more relevant in a way, Mm. because you're right. I mean, it was finished in January last year. I mean, literally just as COVID was around the corner, we we, finished the record and, and uh, could never have anticipated how, how relevant and topical it would become uh, over the last year. But at the same time, It was written at a time when um, we in the UK were going through the whole Brexit bullshit, which was incredibly depressing um, and brought out some of the worst aspects of, of the human race, you know, some of the worst kind of, you know, nationalism and all that shit that Brexit, you know, we don't want foreigners in our country, so we're going to vote to go out of Europe. I mean, that was so depressing to to be experiencing that. And also we were in the middle of the Trump administration, which actually similarly, I think he brought out the very worst aspects of the people that followed him. Yes. Those, Those kind of prejudices that had obviously always been there. And he gave them license to express them again. And that was deeply depressing. So when I was writing the record, I was aware of that and how social media had facilitated a lot of what I call the politics of hate, you know, proliferating again. And so the album became about how social media had altered our sense of identity how it had altered the way we consume and, you know, personal shopper is obviously about that side of things mm. and how we all see ourselves reflected back in the mirror of social media now. And we've all become, so, you know, we've all become pretty much familiar with the notion of what it means to be a celebrity yeah. because if, yep. if you're posting pictures of yourself and videos of yourself and opinions online now and sharing them with people you will never meet, it's almost like what it means. to That's what being a celebrity used to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so let pop stars and movie stars were the only people that kind of experienced that, you know, where they would say something or do something or make something. And people that they never met would would engage with it and express opinions about it. But now everyone kind of lives in that world where they're posting, you know, part of their life up for the rest of the universe to potentially right. see. And seeing themselves reflected back in that mirror. And that is deeply fascinating, but also deeply scary because it's, it's knocking the course of human evolution onto a completely different trajectory and not a particularly good one. uh, As far as I'm concerned.
1: I agree there. And the whole thing with um, like your latest video for self man, that, that actually scared me a lot. (laughs) It's no, no. pretty cool though, isn't it? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. to think that there's that technology that can actually oh, yeah. do that, that, yeah. you know, that in the wrong hands, I think about that a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. and, the, and the really scary
0: thing about that is it's
1: just the beginning. Yes. It's
0: just the beginning. We're in the very infancy of that kind of technology. There will come a time when you cannot believe anything you see online. I mean, we're almost at that point now, you know, but it's only going to get worse. And can you believe anything you see? And of course the whole pro- pros- the whole, the whole idea of the self video is, you know, making that, that kind of process very transparent by using very famous people. Yes, But yeah, they, yeah. they, they needn't have been famous people. They could have just been people that I decided that I would rather look a bit more like him or her, or, you know, whatever, or I'd rather present myself to the world as if I'm a young black female, um You know, uh you know, whatever it is I want to present myself as to the world, I can potentially do that now, and that's that's really for people like you and me that've been around since the beginning of the dawn of of social media <laughs> and the internet.
1: It's true, yeah. To
0: see, to see the technology going that way, some might say inevitably, mm. inevitably, because I tell you what, there are a lot of science fiction writers writing in the mid twentieth century that predicted this. They predicted this that Arthur C. Clarke, Philip K. Dick, they predicted that human beings would invent technology that would one day enslave them. Well, hey, the only thing they got wrong was that they imagined it would be robots walking around. Yeah. Well, it isn't robots walking around, but everything else they got right. We are we are essentially slaves now to, to the technology we've created, which is fascinating and terrifying in equal measure.
1: It is, you know, but we... <laughs> We get stuck into it, hey. Like, we we like our little uh, little phones and our little escapes. We gotta, I've found the one thing about this whole pandemic and everything going on, I found myself sort of really reflecting on all of those things. Like, I'm trying to make a conscious effort now to you know, throw the phone down and not get too, yeah, yeah, you know, it's too easy to, it's so easy to. And I guess that's what the album really covers in a lot of ways. Hey, It's like that slavery <laughs> to the pleasure.
0: Slave, slave, slaves to the technology that we've created. Yeah. Slavery to our devices. Yeah. Our mm-hmm. personal devices. I mean, completely, you know, that whole thing about how, you know, when you receive a like or a text message or an email, it, it, it you know, it, it's the dopamine in your bloodstream that creates a little buzz. It's almost like taking a drug or something. And so it kind of, Um, it plays into some of the worst aspects of of human nature, particularly social media and that whole thing about needing likes, needing views, needing comments, needing that kind of self-validation that people talking about you or commenting on what you've posted Mm. or liking what you've posted. But there's also the flip side of that, the trolling and the people disliking it and making negative comments. And um, that is also, you know particularly to young kids that's also a horrible trend yes and no no surprise to you know no surprise to see the correlation between that and an increase in teenage suicides and things like that so it's a it's an ugly it's a very ugly thing as well as a as a beautiful thing and as always it's it's not down to the technology it's about the way the human beings engage with it that's the problem that's always been the problem
1: yes no absolutely and i mean there's the uh, website as well the future bytes website and you've got yeah. all the different products on there like was the canned air an actual thing okay no it wasn't no.
0: <laughs> I, I i thought about maybe stringing you along there and saying oh well that's for you to, to figure out um, yeah. no i mean it there were some things on the on the website that were real uh, but it was like it was kind of like hiding the hiding the uh, hiding the fakes within the real things to, to you know, Which again comes back to exactly what we were just talking about doesn 't it? Can you believe what you see yes. no I mean that that whole concept about almost parodying the world of modern consumerism and particularly the world of of um, high concept high designer consumer items things that we really don 't need but that actually we love to buy and and you know that a lot of that 's done with incredible affection you know because that list of things that elton reads in the middle of personal shopper a lot of those yeah. things are a big part of my world you know the box sets the 180 gram vinyl all that stuff you know i love that shit you know so it's done with affection but again it's that looking at that world where we've got to the point now where if some if a 50 cent t-shirt has the right logo imprinted on it it suddenly becomes a 500 hundred dollar t-shirt
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: um and how people actually buy into that and they love that, you know, they know they're buying something that's only worth 50 cents, but Hey, it's got the Supreme logo on it or, or Virgil Abloh designed it. Yeah. So it's worth it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's fascinating to me too. I Again, part of me thinks that's actually a lot of fun, but there's also something a bit worrying about that too, isn't it? So the whole visual aesthetic was kind of riffing, riffing on that, that whole world of high concept, almost like the way Apple would promote a product, you know? you
1: mentioned who 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 reads that list out you said elton that's not elton john reads that list out, yeah. are you serious why i did not know that oh
0: really okay you must be the only person on the planet that's listened to the record and doesn't realize that oh, i mean i don't
1: know because I, I, I guess i was so engrossed. like i i just wanted to experience oh, i love
0: that i love that that you didn't know that but I, usually that's First thing people ask me is how do you get out and how did you get out and John on your record? Yeah. It's Elton John uh, in the middle of personal shopper that's, that's reading that list of, of consumer items. Yeah.
1: Was he in the studio with you?
0: He wasn't. Um, he was on the other end of the phone. Uh, but he, cause he was in, I think he was in LA or South of France or something when he did it, <laughs> but you know what? He was so lovely and he was so easy to work with and he was so engaged with that. And he just loved the whole concept. And he's so perfect for it because he's the most famous, yeah, consumer. He's the most famous shopper on earth, isn't he? So he he, he totally got it, and he loved the fact that he was almost sending himself up. Um, but obviously, that was such a thrill thrill for me to get him on the on the track. I, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, I was so engrossed with the whole album that i I, I didn't really read the notes or anything with the credits. Right, that's great. I love that. I'm I love that. yeah 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 yeah. i just want to enjoy it and i'm actually really blown away i'm gonna have all these people like going you idiot but hey man (laughs) i just i just do what i do but um there was also the um that limited edition box set you did for charity there was like the one off mate that's such an incredible thing and was that fun putting together for that you must have been you know
0: yeah, I mean, it was an extension, uh, you know, that, that, that thing we were just talking about, the high concept, the, the world of high concept, high designer products. And yeah. I, I loved the idea of, you know, one of the things that was fascin- fascinating me about the world of, of, say, art, you know, painting and sculpture, is that that whole world is, is based on the idea that there's one piece, a painter or sculptor creates a single unique piece and that single unique piece will sell at a premium price to a, to a collector. And that collector then has the choice of whether they want to display it in a, in a, in a gallery or they just want to put it over their, you know, over their fireplace in their front room and not share it with anyone else. And that's fascinating me, that, because I was kind of curious about what would, what would the equivalent be in yeah. the world of music? You know, what would it be like to create a single unique piece that we would sell to a collector for a ridiculous amount of money. You know, at least it was to me. So we thought, what would be the most ridiculous yeah. amount of money to charge for that? ten gra- Let's charge £10,000. No one's going to buy that, are they? But it doesn't matter because it's a concept. And, of course, it sold out in a minute, and there was about 10 people bidding against each other, which is very flattering, but also it's amazing because the money went to a very, very good cause. Absolutely. Um, the Music Venue Trust. So I was really chuffed about that. But that was really the, the the starting point to create the, you know, we talk we talked about this high high designer, high concept thing, and the kind of elitism and snobbery that goes along with that. You know, I own a pair of these trainers and it's almost like, it's not about whether they're good trainers or not. It's about the fact they've got the right logo on them. And so I like the idea of what would be the ultimate elitist music product. It would be a box set of which only one copy will ever be manufactured and so in that box i put a bunch of really unique things like my grammy nomination certificate we pressed one copy of a seven inch single which has an exclusive track on it um you know handwritten lyrics literally the handwritten lyrics with coffee stains and all my crossings out things that only one copy can ever exist and to make the ultimate music collectible. And in order to raise money for, you know, for a great cause. So I loved, I love doing it. It was, as you say, it was a lot of fun to do for sure. A lot of fun.
1: Man, I, I think, you know, if anyone else did it, they'd probably, you know, there's people out there. They'd be like, oh, I've got all this money now. I'm going to go put it. But you did it from the heart. And I think that's what it, it, it that was important about it. So yeah, because I, I think, yeah,
0: I mean I, I, if I'd done it, and if I'd kept the money, I think it would have been seen as something deeply cynical actually, but mm. but I did not want it to be deeply cynical, and I wasn't interested in the money for me, it was fun, and it yes. was a kind of gag, it was like a, a, a kind of joke that I wanted to play, but a joke that I wanted people to feel included in, you know yes. not the expense of it, um, and I think people got it you know, I'm sure there's a few people who got upset by it, but I think most people got it, yeah,
1: yeah right. Well, at least you know there's not going to be any bootlegs bootlegs on Wish of it, you know.
0: Well, there might be, <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> if if the guy if the guy that bought it turns out to be a bootlegger, who knows? <laughs> you know. Start knocking him out, knocking him out of the back door.
1: At least you're yeah. going to know who he is so you can rock up on his door. I do. I yeah. do.
0: We do know who he is. He's, a, he's a real As you could expect, he's a real collector and a real yes. a, long, a long-term a long fan and, and, and admirer of mine. So that that I'm very happy. He seemed really happy with it. He made his own little unboxing video, which you can see online. Yeah, yeah. And he seems really chuffed with it. And I'm happy about that. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, of course, I really hope that we can see you down here in Australia as well um once this is uh hopefully i don't know it's hard to tell mate Mate, fingers fingers crossed crossed, because yeah i i I know you've got a great relationship with us down here we love seeing you i love
0: i love coming to australia yeah it's it's exhausting Yeah. you do the three other the three shows in four what a four days and you but i abs and the jet lag and everything but
1: i absolutely love
0: every second of it yeah so uh, i can't wait mate yeah fingers crossed
1: yeah, man. Well, uh, Stephen, it's been awesome hanging with you again, mate. And uh, the Future Bites is out now everywhere. I'm going to have the links down here so everyone can go get it. Go buy physical copies, people. Support the man. That's that's what i got to say, especially right now. Brother, thank you.
0: Thank you so much. And it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. And, and have a great day in Australia. I will. I'm off to work. Woo! <laughs> okay. Right.
1: Cheers, man. Thanks, buddy. Speak soon.
0: Planning on traveling this summer?